Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. We are well into the season of Epiphany, and uh, today we're going to have two hymns that may not be well known. The one is the closing hymn, which is called From a Distant Home. And what we're going to do is when we get to the singing of that hymn, we're going to go through it once and kind of practice it, and then we'll sing it through together the second time. Okay, and the other is uh, 272 at the beginning um, where we sing God of the Sparrow. And uh, it's a bit of a tricky hymn. It's very easily sung, but it's, it's a tricky because it has uh, um, confusing numbers. I, I, my, my suggestion is ignore the numbers and just sing the words, okay? It'll be easier that way, I think. As we come to, uh, to the worship and the celebration of the Lord's Supper, let us pray. We do not presume to come to your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own goodness, but in your all-embracing love and mercy. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. God of grace and glory, you call us with your voice of flame to be your people, faithful and courageous. As your beloved son embraced his mission in the waters of baptism, you inspire us with the fire of your spirit to join in his transforming work. Come, let us worship the Lord. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, we propose to celebrate together with the help of God the sacrament of the Lord's Supper this Lord's Day. We come to the table to commune with our Lord. We come in awe and reverence for the place where we stand as holy ground. Here the Lord offers us the manna of life. If we are to experience this celebration with our Lord and be nourished by the Spirit, let us examine ourselves first, then eat the bread and drink from the cup. The benefit is great if with penitent hearts and living faith we receive the Lord's Supper. Let us acknowledge our sin before our merciful God with full intention of amending our lives. Let us make restitution for all injuries and wrongs done to others. Let us forgive those who have offended us as we ourselves have been forgiven. All children of the covenant be reconciled with one another and then come joyfully to the banquet so that you may experience assurance of God's pardon and strengthening of your faith. Together let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us amend what we are and direct what we shall be so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ, and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks be to God. Using the words of the Ten Commandments, we are called to faithful living. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. No other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not be murdered. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not testify falsely against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. The word of the Lord. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. The first lesson comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, the creation poem. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading of this morning comes from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. Here Mark speaks of the baptism of Jesus. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. 
I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If something belongs to you, what does that mean? If something belongs to you, what does it mean? Hmm? You have possession of it. Hmm? Ownership, which involves what? Responsibility. Very good. If something belongs to you, you have it in your possession, you're the owner of it, and you have responsibility for it. This passage from the Gospel of Mark speaks very, very clearly about the nature of who Jesus Christ is. You see, at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus has a choice to make. He can follow one of either paths, the path of self-glory or the path of self-denial. The path of self-glory would be to declare himself the Messiah and to declare freedom from the Roman Empire and declare the land of Israel free of domination and begin a revolution. And he can do that through the aspirations of all the various Jewish groups of people living in the Holy Land at the time, whether it be the Zealots, who were the the political uh, force behind the liberation of the Palestine, or it could be the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the priests who wanted that same freedom and did not recognize Roman authority over them. Instead, he chose the path of self-denial. He chose to identify himself with this bit of eccentric person by the name of John the Baptizer, who was down at the Jordan River baptizing people in the dirty, muddy waters of the Jordan and declaring sin forgiven. John is the last of the Old Testament prophets. And he understands from him, for himself that from him you can get baptism as forgiveness of your sin, but there would come another after him who would bring baptism of a different sort. Baptism of the Spirit. Baptism of power from on high. There are many people who look at this event in the history of the church and say that the baptism of Jesus Christ is the point at which we as human beings recognize his divinity because it is one of the first times in his ministerial public life that there is a somehow supernatural recognition of who he is. There were actually schools of thought that taught 
in the early years of the church that at this point, Jesus becomes divine. That before this, he was just human. Obviously a heresy, but still part of the way people believed and thought about this event. Now, I don't know that anyone in this room would have a problem with saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is both 100% human and 100% divine. And if you do, perhaps we need to talk. Not because that's a problem, but because that does say something about who you are in relationship to God. And I'd like to talk to you about that. Because you see, the event that we just celebrated called Christmas is the beginning of our salvation. And while a lot of people want to emphasize that Jesus came as a baby in order to redeem us from our sin and save us, the coming of God into the human race as a human being, the incarnation, the taking on of our flesh and blood, is the beginning of our redemption. It is the way God comes closest to us in order for us to become more like God. And in this baptism, there is not just a recognition of Jesus as the beloved Son of God. That is not all that's going on here. Because, you see, if we are in Christ, if we belong to Jesus Christ, if, in fact, we are Christ's child, then we, too, are God's beloved. What is interesting to note here is that in the act of baptism, John is making a declaration that Jesus doesn't need. Jesus does not need to be forgiven of sin. So why does he go into the Jordan? Why does he do that? Ceremony? Obedience to the Father? I believe that the important reason for why Jesus does this is for you and for me. Our forgiveness begins with this event. Our forgiveness begins with Jesus assuming for us our sin. And when he is baptized and cleansed of sin, he is in fact being baptized and cleansed for sin of ours. Because our identity as children of God is in Christ. None of us can stand before God on our own. None of us. It is only when we are hiding behind Jesus Christ, when we are standing with him before God, that we have any standing with God. And our identification with Christ enables us then to become the people we were intended to be. The children, the beloved of God. Now, not everyone in this room this morning has been a parent. 
but I think every one of you would recognize the responsibility of a parent. When you have a child, the parent's responsibility is to do what? What do you do for your children? Hmm? You feed them, you clothe them, you protect them. Hmm? You nurture them, you discipline them, you teach them about God. You are responsible for their well-being, are you not? And how seriously you take that responsibility determines what kind of parent you are. Now, when they reach the age of 18, you're done as a parent. Is that correct? When does parenting stop? When when does that responsibility stop? Uh Uh-huh. Now you're getting it. You see, our understanding about parenting, being parents of children, also determines our understanding of our relationship to God. You see, because we were born into the church, we were baptized. We were marked with the sign of the cross because we were born into a faith community to which God had made a covenant. That means that our baptism functions differently for us than it might for the person who is an unbeliever living outside the church and comes to know Christ as Savior. The person who is an unbeliever and comes into the faith sees baptism as a sign and seal of something that happened to them. That something happened to them by the power of the Holy Spirit and they come into the community. And that has a completely different sense to it than those of us who are born into the faith community. Our baptism tells us from the very beginning what the unbeliever just discovered. And that is that God loves you as if you were the only one. How much you believe that will make the difference about who you are and how you live. But that is the given. That's where you and I start as children of the covenant. God does not say to us, you are a sinner, you need to repent, you are worthless. God says to you, you are my child. Now let's get down to business. I'm going to start disciplining you. You're going to start... The relationship of parent to child is something that we need to assume. Does it mean that we're not sinners? That we don't sin? That we don't have fallen natures? Of course not. It means that the perspective of how we relate to God is a little different. That's all. But our baptism calls us to that kind of relationship. When the voice from heaven says to the Jesus coming out of the river, you are my son, listen to those words as if they were directed to you. This is words of assurance to you. To you, John. To you, Ellen. To you, Walt. To you, Tom. You are my son. You are my daughter. Beloved. With you, I am well pleased. 
I don't know of any other words that could give you a sense of being nurtured and hugged and kissed and embraced than I am well pleased with you. What does that mean? It means God is saying to you, I like you. I made you. You're mine. I'm your daddy. I'm your mommy. You're mine forever and I will never ever let you go. Now let's start to live that out a little bit. Let's flesh that out. What does that look like? How does that feel? What does it mean? That's what it's all about for us. And that is, of course, what the season of Epiphany is all about. It's about recognizing that we are who we are because we are in Christ. Today, it is important for us to come to the table recognizing who we are. We are baptized men and women and young people who have been marked with the sign of the cross. We belong to Jesus. And our lives belong to God. Let's pray. Holy God, creator of light, and herald of goodness, at the waters of his baptism, you proclaim Jesus, your beloved son. With the baptized of every time and generation, may we say yes to your call to repentance and to be led in the life of abundance so that we might experience in your kinship and in your love the depth of our salvation. Amen. Together saying, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the truest sense of what we have experienced in the Christmas season, every time we worship, we bring gifts to the Christ. And that is what we do today. Tithes and offerings and gifts we bring to the Christ so that the ministry of Christ continues in this place, in this community, and in this time. To the glory of him who is our Savior. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God all creatures here below. Praise God.
God above ye heavenly host, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper which we are about to celebrate is a feast of remembrance, of communion, and of hope. We come in remembrance that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. By his death, resurrection, and ascension, he established a new and eternal covenant of grace and reconciliation that we might be accepted of God and never be forsaken by him. We come to have communion with this same Christ who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto life eternal. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. We come in hope, believing that this bread and this cup are a pledge and foretaste of the feast of love of which we shall partake when his kingdom has fully come, when with unveiled face we shall behold him, made like unto him in his glory. Since by his death, resurrection, and ascension, Christ has obtained for us the life-giving spirit who unites us all in one body, so are we to receive this supper in true love, mindful of the communion of saints. All those who are baptized into Christ and who confess Jesus Christ as Lord, are welcome at this table. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all is now ready. Let us pray. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Holy and right it is, and our joyful duty to give thanks to you at all times and in all places, O Lord, our Creator, almighty and everlasting God. You created heaven with all its hosts and the earth with all its plenty. You have given us life and being and preserve us by your providence, but you have shown us the fullness of your love in sending into the world your Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal word made flesh for us and for our salvation. We give you thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came as the light of the world to show us your way of truth in parables and miracles. With your whole church on earth and with all the company of heaven, we worship and adore your glorious name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory Hosanna in the highest blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest Hosanna in the highest most righteous God we remember in this supper the perfect sacrifice offered once on the cross by our Lord Jesus Christ for the sin of the whole world. In the joy of his resurrection and in expectation of his coming again, we offer ourselves to you 
as holy and living sacrifices. Together we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Send your Holy Spirit upon us, we pray, that the bread which we break and the cup which we bless may be to us the communion of the body and blood of Christ. And grant that being joined together in him, we may attain to the unity of the faith and grow up in all things into Christ our Lord. And as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and these grapes from many hills into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your whole church may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. As we come to the distribution, I remind you that the exterior ring of communion cups is grape juice and the interior rings are wine. Please choose according to your conscience. On the night he was betrayed, our Lord took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And in like manner, he took the cup and said, this cup is the cup of the New Testament in my blood. Drink it as often as you drink it. Do so in remembrance of me. The bread which we eat is the body of Christ given for us. Take and eat it unto the salvation of your soul. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ shed for the remission of our sin. Take and drink it unto the salvation of your soul. Brothers and sisters, since the Lord has now fed us at his table, let us praise God's holy name with heartfelt thanksgiving. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, do not forget all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, and will also give us all things with him. Therefore, my mouth and heart show forth the praise of the Lord from this time forth forevermore. Amen. As we come to prayer, Brothers and sisters in Christ, our baptismal vows call us to compassion and mercy on behalf of those in need. Today, as we come to prayer, I simply ask you to raise your requests aloud and to end your request with the words, Lord, in your mercy, so that we may reply, hear our prayer. Shall we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, we come as your children, beloved, and knowing who we are, we know that our hearts and our lives are touched by the hearts and lives of many others. And of those needs and of those concerns and of those joys, we bring to you now to share. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the men and women returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, injured or carrying with them the burdens of war in forms of PTSD and injured bodies, Lord, in your mercy. For us as a congregation, as we look to new leadership and new opportunities of ministry in the year ahead, Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you revealed your Son in the waters of the Jordan and anointed him with the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim good news to all people. Sanctify us by that same Spirit, that we may proclaim the healing power of the gospel by acts of love in your name. As we pray the prayer you taught us, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We want to invite everyone to join us after the service this morning in the Bellhauer Parlor for refreshments and coffee. I want to simply go over some of the things in the back of your bulletin. During the Sundays of January, we'll be taking up a special collection during the coffee hour uh, to help pay the the camping uh, registration for five of our students, uh, for our young people, uh, and for our director, uh, youth youth minister as well. Uh, The monies that are given will be directly um, routed to uh, paying for those registrations. They are looking at a February camp date, uh, which is designed for young people who have been or in the process of being confirmed. Also, please mark February 5 on your calendars as a congregational meeting immediately after the worship service. Um, I want to congratulate us as a congregation for raising $670 through our Christmas offering for our Five Lowe's Food Pantry. Um, I want to thank everyone who donated. And there is a list in your bulletin of things that we still need and constantly need on a regular basis. Um, if you find them in, a, uh, in the grocery store and can pick them up at a, at a good price, we want to encourage you to do so. Um, we are in serving a, an increasing number of clients every month, and our, our allotments from both the federal and state government programs get larger and larger because of it. Uh, but the needs uh, continue to come. I want to uh, uh, thank you all for um, the, uh, the celebration that we just had during the Christmas season. Everyone contributed by decorating or preparing food or uh, participating in the worship services. It was a wonderful and blessed season for us. And as we begin the new year, uh, my heart uh, to your heart is that you have the blessing of God and all that God, uh, the good things that God can give for you and for your, your families. Shall we stand and join together? our closing hymn. And I'd like us to, uh, to do a little practice with this. If you'll stand and turn to hymn number 64, we'll go through it verbally with you just so you have an understanding of where we're going as we sing it. It's a beautiful hymn, and I was telling the choir this morning, this hymn is usually sung on Three Kings Day in Latin America, and at least in where I grew up in Caracas, Venezuela, um, the women would wear bright-colored dresses and they would have the skirts on that swirled, okay? And they would come down the aisles 
literally dancing in such a way that the skirts would swirl as they brought the gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh to the Christ child in the nascimento or the nativity scene down front. So it's a hymn that talks about the gifts of the Magi to the Christ child, and it's a celebration of the Epiphany. Oh, yes, today at 4 o'clock at the Reformed Church in Somerville is uh, the celebration of Twelfth Night, uh, which is, of course, a celebration of the 12 days of Christmas and the beginning of the Epiphany season. Uh, Also today at, what was it, Phyllis? St. Matthias at 1, the Madrigal singers are singing. And today at 5.30, there is the Nutcracker. And um, uh, Tom's uh, daughters will be in that as well. Uh, that's, I forget what the name of that school is that it's held at. Does anybody remember? Oh, there he is. <laughs> George Street Playhouse. Oh, it's, they changed it this year. Okay, okay, cool. So it's held at George Street Playhouse at 5.30 today. Okay. Are there any other announcements, things that didn't make the bulletin that we want to share with each other? If not, let's, uh, let's turn to number 64 and stand to sing from a distant home. De tierra lejana venimos. From distant gloom, the Savior we come seeking, using our guide, the star so brightly beaming. Lovely distant star that tells us of God's morning, heaven's entrance light, oh, never cease thy shining. Glory in the highest to the Son of heaven, and upon the earth. Be peace and love to all. Glowing gold I bring, the newborn babe so holy, token of his power to reign above in glory. Lovely eastern star that tells us of God's glory. When Zeltsin's died, oh, never cease thy shining. Glory in the highest to the Son of Heaven, and upon the earth be peace and love to all. Frankincense I bring, the child of God's own choosing, token of our prayers to heaven ever rising. Lovely eastern star that tells us of God's morning, Heaven's wondrous light, oh, never cease thy shining. Glory in the highest to the Son of Heaven, and upon the earth be peace and love to all. Bitter myrrh have I to give the infant Jesus, token of the pain that he will bear to save us. Lovely eastern star that tells of God's morning, heaven wondrous light, oh, never cease thy shining. Glory in the highest to the Son of heaven, and upon the earth be peace and love to all.
and upon the earth be peace and love to all. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit go with us now and always until Christ returns in glory and then forever and all God's people said.